This morning I woke up to the news that there had been a horrible explosion in a French cheese factory. The reporter said that when the smoke cleared, all that was left was debris. This is Across the Table, the podcast of Hannibal the Magician. Hi there, it's Hannibal, and welcome back. Um, for those of you listening for the first time, welcome. It is currently 2.15 a.m. on Friday morning, May the 1st. It is uh, 48 days since uh, self-isolation for the COVID-19 virus. I have spent the past nearly 50 days here uh, in my lovely studio apartment, uh, about three miles from the Magic Castle in Hollywood. Um, And I have been through all the stages of of the fun that is this. I am re-recording this particular podcast because... I recorded one Sunday, uh, this past Sunday, four days ago, and it was filled with uh, a lot of righteous indignation and a lot of anger for the actions of, uh, well, of, of a cast of people, really. And it, it felt bitter, and it, and it felt it felt purging, and it felt uh, good to get the bitterness out, but... Um, I did not want to unleash that that anger, that 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 passionate indignation out into the world. I've been wrestling with it for the past four days, and there's the uh, there's the joy of doing these things alone, and in, in that we I, I self edit and I, I self judge, and and normally the way these things work is uh, I will record my words, my thoughts here at my desk. And I will clean up the sound, and I will add the, the music and the bumpers and the joke at the beginning. And I will not think about what I have said. I have notes about, of, of, of topics I want to cover and things I want to say. Um, and, I, and, and, and I will send it out into the world without examining it. And I will wait a couple of days and then listen to it again. And I'm often surprised uh, by what I find. Uh, I I say what's on my mind to say. This time, uh, this past Sunday, I believe that what I said was too harsh and uh, unkind. And, and maybe the people I was directing my anger at uh, deserved a little unkindness, but... When it came down to it, when I finally just got a hold of myself and questioned myself and my motives and what I want to do, I do not want unkindness coming from me. Uh, the kind of unkindness that I see in, in, in other people, in, in people in, that for, for various reasons insist on uh, endangering the lives of people they may not even know. Um, out of fear, out of greed out of a bunch of different reasons. And I could judge them for that, but I decided uh, to love them instead uh, and understand because I've lived in fear myself. Uh, 
the one thing that I am going to put back in um, that I took out is is just a thought, just a just an observation, just a thing that in the hours that I have uh, in solitude here uh, to bring back up is is if life got so bad for us here, if the economy uh, does not rebound immediately in the way that some people thinks that it that it should, and uh, livelihoods were in jeopardy and and someone felt that their only their only avenue of escape was to to move north perhaps you have a friend or a or a loved one or a family member in Canada and you decided uh, I, I need to I need to get out of this this petri dish that is uh, this city that I live in and so you you pack up your family and you, you take a few uh, meager possessions and a few things and you uh, and you you go to Canada and you you, you you try to cross the border and the Canadian officials were to put your children into cages and send you back home. How, um, how would that shoe feel? Considering we've done very similar things to children trying to enter, escaping from broken lives or, or families trying, attempting to escape from, from destroyed lives and, and running into walls and running into hands up and and running into this is mine and not yours and putting your children into cages. There's something broken in that attitude and in that viewpoint to treat another human being like that. And I don't stand here and, and claim to have all the answers because I don't. I do know that love is better than fear and that compassion is better than arrogance. 48 days I have ventured out once every 10 days <clears throat> to buy groceries for myself, um, to take care of myself. I have spent a lot of time practicing. I've spent a good deal of time writing a book uh, that I was encouraged to start writing when this all began. I have consulted with magicians and speakers who sought out my advice in a, way, in a way for me to earn a little bit of money. I have wrestled with forms and customer service people from the state of California on, um, on uh, the money that the government is giving to people or, or, or grants uh, or, or food stamps, for that matter, for CalFresh to be able to afford uh, to eat. And I have been different degrees of successful from very to not at all. Um, but I survived today, and I think I can survive tomorrow. There are certainly people that are far worse off than I am. It has been 48 days since I have had my feet on a stage or my hands across a table from someone looking to me to astonish them, to make them laugh, to take them outside of the painful world and the painful things they have to deal with, to give them a little reprieve, to be an oasis. And I am in pain not being able to do that job. But I will not endanger someone else's life to wander outside of my house and do the things my heart yearns to do.
I'm a performer. I am an artist. It took me a long time to be able to say those words and believe them that I am an artist. I create art out of my craft. I, I create stories and I create scenarios and I bleed on the page and I open my chest so you can see my heart. Different and varying degrees depending on who you are. But I put that trust out there and I've made my living, gosh, 27, yeah, 27 years doing just that, from working on the streets to bars to corporate work to the Magic Castle and the place where I ended up. And I never thought I would actually see a time when I wouldn't have a way to perform. I wouldn't have a, a live audience to stand in front of, and I simply do not. And I am exploring other things. I am exploring virtual performance, but the tangible, intimate moment of connection with a live audience, nothing, nothing can replace that. Um, and there's a lot of uh, a lot of people, a lot of very fine human beings, who are in this uh, in this same boat with me, the artists and the and the creators and the performers. I talk to my oldest daughter at least once a day. I will send her a text give her a phone call. She's working from home uh, in Charlotte um, and, uh, and making, uh, making her way. Her job is a very essential one. Um, and they decided at the very, very beginning of this, before uh, anything had really shown its head much, they, they got wind of, of what was happening. And the company she works for sent her home with a computer and saying, you, you'll work from home for us. Uh, keep healthy. We need you. And that's... Uh, She's been doing that. She's been taking care of herself. The other news is that um, my second oldest daughter, uh, the one that is that is I've had the most friction with um, since my my former life ended. Uh, the one who has held me the most accountable, the one who has uh, been in my face every so often to let me know how, how badly I had hurt her, um, got in touch. And, and got in touch in a very hesitant but very open way. And there's an open conversation happening there now. And uh, she's doing all right, and she's in a... In a, in a mostly safe place right now. She doesn't have to go out either, so she is uh, she's also isolated and taking care of herself. <clears throat> I am terrified by the mindset of people who are ready to end this isolation before it is time, before before everything is actually all right. And yes, it's it's scary sitting and doing nothing, but it is more dangerous to go out and 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 try to resume normalcy. Normal has changed. Normal has changed. And I'm not going down that path with this conversation. My daughter is talking to me. And I cannot tell you how, how, how happy that makes me. It, 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 how happy that, how, how contented, how peaceful that, that pulls me in and helps me to deal with everything else that's going on in the world. I, I don't deserve 
that kindness. I don't deserve for her to give me another chance. I, I spoiled things. But she is talking. And maybe the rest will someday also. I'm grateful for, uh, for the gift of communication. I'm grateful for the gift that is put in my hands. I decided very near the beginning of this, this endurance test, I suppose, that I was going to be grateful that I have a roof to sleep under and that, <clears throat> that I had put a little bit aside to be able to live on. And, uh, and I am scraping the bottom of that barrel, but I am living. I'm grateful for the gift. I'm grateful for this voice. I'm grateful for the mind I have that can weave the stories that I tell you. And I'm here. Uh, I've been doing a lot of reading. I've been uh, perusing a lot of things that, uh, that brought me joy when I was a younger man and, and helped me find my focus and my direction. When I began this journey, I am, I am 54 years old, and in a lot of ways I feel very young still. Uh, there are signs on my face that I'm aging and that time is taking its toll on me, but my heart is strong in every sense of that word. I still have the capability and the capacity to give huge amounts of love to people that I know and to people that I don't know, and I still find it worthy and important to love those people who consider themselves to be my enemies. Anyway, I was uh, going through some old books, and I, um, <clears throat> I came across uh, Life and Works of Martha Graham, uh, the biography written by... Uh, by Agnes DeMille, and um, a passage in it spoke to me very, very, very plainly uh, about life as an artist, um, and uh, and I bookmarked it, and I and I wanted to 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 put it here, and I wanted to to read it over here, and I and I uh, a couple of days after because this is the way the world works, the world works, um, a very fine. Uh, magician, uh, a very fine performer, and a, a good, good man uh, that I admire a lot by the name of Scott Servine, um, uh, posted this exact same quote, um, uh, made a presentation out of it, made art out of it, uh, art from art, from pain, and um, did a beautiful job. And so I, I was hesitant uh, at first to uh, to do it, since some ways it's part of my performance policy that if someone else is doing a thing... I certainly don't try to imitate it or, or do something similar. Um, but it was independent discovery, and I did want to give him credit for doing the work that he did. Uh, and if you, if you want to look that up, it's well worth your time to look up his presentation, uh, which is going to be better than mine. I'm simply going to read it and, uh, and let you feel it the way that I felt it. This is... Um, I'm just going to read from... Uh, from the passage that I found, <clears throat> uh, and this again uh, from from the biography of, of Martha Graham by um, uh, oh man, and suddenly named Agnes Demille slips out of my head. 
this is a this is the quote from the article I found. In 1943, DeMille was hired to choreograph the musical Oklahoma, which became an overnight sensation and ran for a record-setting 2,212 performances. Feeling that critics and the public had long ignored work to which she had poured her heart and soul, DeMille found herself dispirited by the sense that something she considered only fairly good was suddenly hailed as a flamboyant success. I'm going to interject this right here. The huge majority of the things that I perform that I consider mediocre at best and, and a lark or something that I found simple in my head and, and threw in uh, gets, the most, uh, gets the most compliments often. Uh, or someone will come up and say, that, that piece you did really moved me. And, and, and my response to myself is, that, that thing? Really? That's, that's what you got. That's the thing that got you. Cool. Awesome. I'm glad you got something beautiful out of it. Anyway, sorry, my own little interjection. It's often the work that we find the most simple that, that touches people the deepest. Um, back to the article. Shortly after the premiere, she met Martha Graham in a restaurant over a soda fountain for a conversation that put into perspective her gnawing grievance and offered what DeMille considered the greatest thing ever said to her. She recounts the exchange. I confessed that I had a burning desire to be excellent, but no faith that I could be, Martha said to me very quietly. There is a vitality, a life force, an energy, a quickening that is translated through you into action. And because there is only one of you in all of time, this expression is unique. And if you block it, it will never exist through any other medium, and it will be lost. The world will not have it. It is not your business to determine how good it is, nor how valuable, nor how it compares with any other expressions. It is your business to keep it yours clearly and directly, to keep the channel open. You do not even have to believe in yourself or your work. You have to keep yourself open and aware to the urges that motivate you. Keep the channel open. As for you, Agnes, you have so far used about one-third of your talent. But, I said, when I see my work, I take for granted what other people value in it. I see only its ineptitude, inorganic flaws and crudities. I am not pleased or satisfied. Martha replied, no artist is pleased. But then I asked, is there no satisfaction? No satisfaction. No satisfaction whatever at any time, she cried out passionately. There is only a queer, divine dissatisfaction, a blessed unrest that keeps us marching and makes us more alive than the others. No satisfaction, whatever, at any time. There is only a queer divine dissatisfaction, a blessed unrest that keeps us marching and makes us more alive than the others. Find the gift that you have been given. Use the time to love, to exercise kindness, and above the other things, to make art. 
to make art as hard as you can with every, every bit that you have inside of you. And all of those things are beautiful. They are gifts for a reason. Make art. Make art if you never show it to anyone else. Create something. Create a noise. Make your own music. Dance your own dance. Express yourself. And if you have the good luck to be able to present that art to some other soul, and that other soul is moved by it, then you have changed the entire world. I'm very tired. But my journey is far from over. I hope there's love where you are. I may not know exactly where this road is taking me. I know that I'm exactly right where I'm supposed to be. The journey is long, full of joy and pain. But as long as you're smiling, I'll stand in the rain. I've got nothing.
I do wish we could chat longer, but I'm having an old friend for tonight. Bye.